This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey guys, it's Laura and Angela. We are about to start this week's episode, but first we want to thank our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Adam and Eve is where you can find all your fun stuff for a night alone. You want some sexy toys to use with yourself, or if you want to find some fun things to use with your partner or partners, whatever, go to AdamandEve.com. They have everything that you want. And for a limited time only, you will get 50% off just about any item. And when you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free mystery gift. Laura, what was your mystery gift? Vibrating panties. Vibrating panties. And to top it all off, on top of the vibrating panties, they're even going to throw in free shipping on your entire order. Well, I don't know if they'll get the vibrating panties. I mean, you're going to get something akin to vibrating panties. Yeah. uh, Maybe a little bottle of lube. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I I just recently watched, what's the movie? Grey. Oh my God, my brain. Fifty Shades of Grey. Thank you. I just recently watched Fifty Shades of Grey and they have like a bunch of items on there that are like straight out of the movie. Like writing crop. Yeah. Oh damn. And pillows and like things you can like tie, tie people to beds with and stuff. Fun. I got a lot of inspiration this weekend. Just saying. And did you use our code? Of course I used our code because you guys use our code. All you got to do is go to adamandeve.com. Come and use our code SINGLE at checkout. That's S-I-N-G-L-E at adamandeve.com. Use our code SINGLE at adamandeve.com and get the hookup. Now Now let's let's start start the the show. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is dating without booze. Yes. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news. Catcalling might become an actual crime in France. And should your spouse be your best friend? Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest back to the podcast. He is an actor, comedian, and a fellow HeadGum Network podcaster as the host of Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. You might have seen him on Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, Broad City, How to Be Single, The Jim Gaffigan Show, The Amazing... Did I say Jim Gaffigan wrong? No, no. I just thought you were you kept going. I was like, you're going to read my old IMTP. <laughs> uh, many it. credits. I love it. I love it. Many. I was also going to say, I was on the last <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I know, I know. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, uh, that's his IMDb page. Uh, please welcome back to the podcast, Jonathan Braylock. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I was like, me. I was like, did I have the wrong? Did I say someone's name wrong? Did I have the wrong no, IMDb great. page? I just love. I just it, there was so much buildup, and they're like, "Wow, I've never heard of this person," <laughs> but I should because he's in I everything. Should. And then they go to my IMDb, and they're like, "Oh no, he." They listed every single one though. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, that's just my self-effacing humor. If you don't know who he is, you should because I don't know. You've got what, like, fifteen shows in development. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fifteen. We're <laughs> and, on a roll, and you're also on our podcast network. That's true, though. Yes, we, we are fellow Headgum podcasties. Yes, you yeah, do hurts. have shows that are in the works. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But we can't talk about them because it's top secret. But what we can talk about. It's just not official. So it's yeah. like we could talk about them and then they won't happen. And then it'll be embarrassing. We've right. been there. We don't want to jinx it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we already, we've already jinxed our TV show. <laughs> Nothing uh, kills a show like talking about it on this podcast. Yeah. Right. Oh, no. Jonathan, on your podcast, you review films. You're an official movie expert. I don't even know how many films you've seen. But I'm curious to know how you think relationships are represented on film since this is this is why you're single podcast. Right. And a lot of people's only context for relationships when they're growing up are kind of what they see in pop culture. That's that is true, I think. It's like it's what we see exhibited probably in our home, you know. Uh, in our home for sh- in number our home 1 first and then you know in our school, but also while the school thing is happening, you're just pretty much seeing it you know, in pop culture and it can be really problematic. Yes. (laughs) Because movies, you know, I mean, movies are great. We all love movies, most of us, and we use them as a form of entertainment and escapism, you know, and like fun. So the line, it's just a movie is said most of the time, but the reality is, you know, we're human beings. We're creatures of, uh, we like, it's like, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Like we learn by watching others and then and then we understand, okay, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. That's what must be what I should be doing. And so I think when we consume, consume media, when we consume movies and television, we don't necessarily think about the fact that we are imitating it, but we totally, totally are. Have you ever seen the movie Paper Heart? No. It's like Michael Sarah and his, I think, oh, former... And, Sh- and Charlene Yee. Yes, yes, I remember. Yeah. So... I remember Nick, the trailers. Nick yes. and I watched that mm-hmm. when we had, like, just started dating. And, like, if I'm remembering, this movie was, like, came out in, like, 2009. So this was a long time ago when yeah. I saw this movie. But there's, like, a whole part in it where they talk about, like, should they say I love you? They haven't said I love you. Should they say I love you? And I remember, like like just like tightening up because like it was like kind of at that point in our relationship where we like hadn't said I love you, but I was like very much in love with right. Nick. And I was just like, uh, uh, and we're like, I think at some point we're like, this movie's dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. Like movies have, who, who like, would have this conversation? Yeah. It's kind of like you said, like you, you say like totally. it's just a movie, but when you're watching things and you see relationships or you see topics depicted, it like affects you in real time. At least for me. Abs- no, t- it definitely does. Uh oh man wait two things that <laughs> one I like I never knew the I love you was a thing until I saw it in movies like come up a bunch and then like I was never I it, it was never weird to me that's so true to I exchange never... I love you but then I saw it in movies I was like oh is this supposed to be weird and then I remember a girl like in what high mo- school what say, movie like what movie I don't even it. remember it's just like in the I feel like it's in pop culture yeah it's like in the ethos but I never thought about that that's true like I don't think I would have a complex about like the I love you conversation if it didn't come directly from pop culture yeah like it, they just made it a thing like I love you and then somebody would be like oh Thank you. Really, Thank like you. I'm not ready for And this. then you're like, oh, it, oh, is it weird for somebody to say I love you? So did you used to say it pretty early on until you realized like, oh, this is like a thing. This is a big deal. Yeah, I wasn't conscious about it. And then I remember somebody saying I love you to me and me being like, uh, oh, this is a thing. Like, I don't like, should I say I love you back? I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, it, man, 
Man, okay, I have a huge story about because what you're saying how they affect you in real time. Yes. So I had a huge crush on this girl in high school, and I was like a pr- so I was like pretty. <laughs> I say innocent, but more naive is more the word. Okay. I was very <laughs> naive in high school. Like I wasn't. I liked girls, but I had no idea what to do, and uh, and I remember a bunch of my friends we were all watching the movie uh love actually mm. and Aww. i had this i had this huge this girl and then when we were watching the movie you know uh there's that whole storyline with the the guy and then his maid right who yes. like speaks another language <laughs> and they like kind of like they could, you they like form this kind of like you, you could tell they like like each other and they're flirting but nothing ever happens and then she has to go back to our home and then he doesn't they never said anything and then he like comes up and he's like i love and like he's like i love you and like this whole profession <laughs> of love and then they like get together and you know and, and like that repeated throughout the movie like the little boy like tells the little famous pop girl singer yep. that she loves him and like you know the guy like goes to the door the person that you know who's married and telling her that he loved her and it was like all these professions of love and all of the and it inspired you in that moment all to of say, the girls, I love you. All of the girls were like, oh, like, see, that's the problem with guys. They just, they don't just come out and say it. Like, if they just said it, like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I was like, okay, I have to, I have to profess my love. To all these girls. To, no, to the specific, <laughs> yeah, to all of them. To all of them. <laughs> to the specific one I had, like, this huge crush on. I never said oh. anything. And then I literally, that movie ended and that because it was like it was like a half day and then she went to work she worked at the library and i like walked over to the library like i worked up the courage and then she was like putting books away this is such a rom-com <laughs> and moment I, like, though went, and i like went you know and i uh uh yeah i like <laughs> did you say it or not yeah so well so i so she was there and then she's putting books away and i was like hey uh I just wanted to say, I like you and I'd like to take you out on a date sometime. And she kind of like, and then of course this is my memory, but this is how I I remember it. So it's the truth. She like froze and then like didn't look at me. And like, I waited a couple of seconds and it was just silence. And then I said, or not, you don't have to, you don't have to say anything if you don't want to. And then she said, which was very nice of you to give yeah. her that space. And then she I guess. said, thank you. <laughs> and then I walked away. No. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then it was super awkward. And I like, I like couldn't like see her in the hallway. And then it was just like really awkward. And oh my God, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. She should have said yes. <laughs> would say no to you. Yes. Be at- on my side. <laughs> at least you got the clue and you, Walked away. I totally well, walked he's away. He's so nice I and respectful. Backed away. I cried on my way home. Uh, but I also was thinking. But as I was at, like, when I processed it, I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have asked her at work. That was rude." I wrote this whole essay no, about it my freshman wrong. year of college. Oh so it was God. so funny. I wrote this whole essay about it my freshman year of college, and then my college professor was like, "What is this? Like, <laughs> screw this girl." Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, like it's not I like, like you hey, I still kind of have a crush on her. He's like, no, <laughs> screw her. Wow. What was the thesis of your paper? Like, I, I like that it you were a, wrong. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> no, you didn't do anything wrong. You know what? <laughs> the one thing that is realistic is Laura Linney's character who winds up alone and sad. <laughs> right. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> um, so <laughs> relationships, as we've established, are not always portrayed realistically. Yeah. What do you? What about sex scenes in movies? Mm-hmm. See, I, I mean, and this is another problem because I grew up in the age of like American Pie, and <laughs> super realistic. Yeah, right. Like sex w- and like, but also, I mean, yeah, like sex was like this prize. Like it was this mm-hmm. weird, and it was also. It was also a thing that you had to do. Yeah, I you know? hated that. I remember like getting ready for prom and I was like like one year I went with this guy and I was like not even I had no interest to even kiss this dude. And I like all these movies around that time like like American Pie especially had set up that like you got to fuck someone you at can't prom. Graduate a virgin in high school. And I was like I have no interest. Oh, it's obscene. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I, somehow that bit of pop culture never invaded my brain. What? Oh, that's great. But like hooking up at prom. Like you, I remember feeling so weird thinking that my parents were like weirded out about it. You know, like it was just yeah. like, it was like everyone's supposed to have sex after this my, dance. My mom knew like, I wasn't fucking on prom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I went to Catholic uh, school. There was a mandatory after party for right. our proms. <laughs> oh, were, right. Yeah. Right. Right. We were, right. we were trapped on a boat. Are there any right. movies that depict sex? like accurately or or any ones that stick out in your mind that do a horrible job there there definitely have to be right but i i get it's hard for me to think of one off the top of my head the one that comes to mind is love and basketball though i don't know like and the only reason i say that is because i'm pretty sure like they take out a condom before they have sex (laughs) and like and then also it's just it's very romantic i mean it's very sweet i get it, it it's but it's not awkward yeah and sometimes sex is super awkward super awkward like most of the time yeah like uh like in knocked up knocked up yeah i was gonna say knocked <laughs> oh my up god yeah, that's, that's what i had in my head with katherine yeah. heigl yeah i guess they nailed it if we're all that's the only scene that we can all think of <laughs> truly like the one that i was like gonna bring up that's right. crazy right that one was super awkward and she's like aren't they like falling off the bed or something yeah he's like fumbling with the condom and yeah I think he's like it, trying to put it on and she's like just just do it already. Right. And then he's, he's like, like oh, oh, I guess that means just do it. And he throws away the condom. Yeah. It also helps that Seth Rogen doesn't have like, uh, he has like more of a realistic body. So yeah. like, I guess naturally their movements together will look more familiar. I will say this. And this is a problem in our culture in general. But I think movies perpetuate this. We have a really kind of unhealthy relationship with alcohol and sex, which Yes. This is what their the, podcast a little bit perfect. is about. But like, but in that scene, we're supposed to believe that like Catherine Heigl's character is like somewhat drunk and like doing something that she probably wouldn't do if she wasn't as drunk as she was. But we, it's yeah. like how drunk, What? And, but he's but kind of drunk too. But it's not depicted that like he's taking advantage of right, her and they not, never even right. bring that up. They never bring the it up because he's like kind of drunk too. And it's just like, this is normal. Like it's normal for us to get drunk and then have sex. But, but the reality is, like, that line is really dangerous. Very dangerous. Super dangerous. And, like, yeah. nowadays, people pretty much say, like, if someone's drunk, you probably shouldn't have sex with them. You definitely. I, I was taught that. I was actually taught that in sex ed. Thank God. I was really? Taught, yeah. I was that taught was amazing. In, we were taught in sex ed that if somebody is intoxicated and you have sex with them, that you rape them. Wow. And, and then, but th- I remember. What school did you go to? Remember, Give them props. <laughs> And I remember somebody asked the question. They were like, well, what if both people are drunk? And then she was like, <laughs> our sex ed teacher was like, then you raped each other. <laughs> and we were like, oh. <laughs> wow. But the reality is like people 
just like that's the norm like the norm is like you're supposed to get drunk because you'll be more comfortable you'll be more comfortable but then if you're both drinking then it's like how are either of you first of all capable of making like to sit like very clear decisions and then if one person is more drunk than the other but they're kind of drunk and they're their judgment is still somewhat impaired. How do they know that this other, you know what I mean? And like, and then if regrets happen in the morning and then people feel some way, some way about it, like it's just, it's messy and it's not really healthy. And we all, and like, I feel like, I don't know, I guess I'm more, I'm talking about my like individual experience as well as like movies, but I just feel that movies and TV, they definitely perpetuate this idea that like 100%. being drunk and having sex yep. is okay. And there's and, no problem with it. And there's like a huge, and and they perpetuate the idea that like when you're sober, you're pr- probably feeling any uncomfortable feelings is not okay. And if you're like at all nervous that like you should probably just drink yeah, and you, it'll up. get, it'll get rid of nerves. And like, if you're about to go on a date and you're nervous, like maybe like have a glass of wine before you're like loosen up and like, and like that's dangerous too. Like we shouldn't be fed the idea that like we need to drink to like go on a date with somebody, and that yeah. like feeling nervous before a date is like bad feelings that we should try to mask with alcohol. You know, and I'm all like I drink, but right. like sure, but like it shouldn't be for that reason. It should be because you want to be whatever, have a social margarita or whatever right and i mean how many times have we seen like a shots montage of like girls trying to like cope with something like yeah you don't need to get blackout drunk to shake off the work week yeah right um because the other the other thing that's really scary is i know i've talked to people the day after like a huge event happened that you know they were like i don't remember what happened and i was like i had no idea you were that drunk like thank god sex you know what i mean like i'm talking about like friends just like guy friends and girlfriends like like people who aren't when they like they are really drunk but they're not like the stereotypical like you know like there's a vision of drunk that we all know okay this is too drunk to do anything but there's like some drunk that like there's they're Judgment is impaired, but anyway, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery, slippery slope. Yeah, it really is. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about dating and drinking later on, but I want to talk more about your podcast. You guys have a segment called The Swirl. Yes. Can you explain that segment? And I'm curious to know what you think of it. Controversial segment. Yes. But I am the product of a swirl. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of a swirl is is a a, a black uh, person and a white person having sex together on screen, and it's not controversial for that reason. It's not controversial <laughs> right. for that reason. The controversy <laughs> to be is clear. like the idea, like that the ideal sexual partner for a black man is a white woman, and like so. There's a lot of complicated history to that that we kind of that we definitely acknowledge. Uh, and yet there is also this other complicated history of interracial sex, you know, being outlawed and like being frowned upon. And there's this social taboo. Uh, and then in movies, we notice that whenever there was a leading black man, uh, if there was a leading white woman, they just either would have no like chemist romantic chemistry at all, like in movies like Beverly Hills Cop or like you know, Will, Will Smith and I robot and just there's certain movies, which uh, from a feminist point of view sounds nice, but just knowing that 
the movie wasn't doing that because of feminism, yeah. it's not nice, right? Like, it's like because other movies that were coming out at this time, there's always the, sexual chemistry. The sexual chemistry the was lead. happening all, all everywhere. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like people were like, I think this movie we should make sure that the you know the woman is not just a sexual that object. a man and a woman right. can work next to each other right. and there not be sexual chemistry that right. they weren't doing it for the right reasons right right so uh so yeah we do this segment it really it's draw but you know we we're all a part of it but we do this segment called the swirl where when we do a movie and there isn't a black man and a, a, a white woman like having sex on screen. We like insert it into the film, you know, with yeah. like cheesy porno music. And you imagine us. the scene. And we imagine what the scene would be like if it was there. So uh, like in Men in Black, the end where they're right, just kind of colleagues. Exactly right. You like yeah. imagine what that deleted scene right. might have been like. Yeah, exactly. And... And at and so to date, the only see the only movies in which a black man and a white woman have sex on screen, and the movie isn't about race. So like, not counting like a movie like Jungle Fever or Save the Last Dance, like where race is play a factor. Uh, you know, there's only been two times that it's happened on screen. Wow, we're pretty sure. And it's recent. It's 2015 uh, with Will Smith in uh, Focus. Will Smith and Mar- uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. And then just this year, 2017, with Idris Elba and Kate Winslet in The Mountain Between Us. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Which I yeah. really want to see. Spoiler, but so also why? that's the whole movie. And you'll thank me if you see it. Because <laughs> the movie is not that great, but that scene is great. <laughs> but I love both of those actors. Yeah. And they're both great in it. So why is this segment controversial? Well, it's mostly because of one, you know, a, the a feminist angle of like women don't have to have sex with men to be a part of the movie. And then also because there is a history of like uh, black men like prizing white women over black women. So, you know, it's like the further oppression of black women, mm. you know, uh, which is totally legit. Uh, so it, do you get like a lot of your listeners writing in and what, what do they say? Yeah, no, I mean, yes, there are, there's like, there's, there's like a, a, a good segment of people who like, who are like, just stop it with the swirl. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> they just don't like it or they'll skip through it or whatever. Uh, we kind of, we've definitely dialed it back. Jarrah like doesn't really do it as much anymore. I whenever mean, I it's also, been, we've also been doing it for a really long time. So like listening to <laughs> A sex scene happened every episode for like a hundred episodes. You're starting to go, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> there are only so many variations, yeah, yeah. I guess. I, you guys used to record at my apartment. Yeah. This is no longer my apartment. I've since moved. But I remember whenever I'd be in the other room listening to you guys record your podcast, that would definitely be the segment where Gerard would get like the most animated <laughs> and excited. Um, so moving on. You recently got engaged. Yes. On two more romantic topics. Um, to one of our former guests. Yes. Tessa Hirsch. Um, so tell us how you proposed. We love, we love those stories. Yes. Uh, Are you so sick of this question? No, no, no. I mean, uh, I knew that I would, I would always be asked this question, which is why Tessa, like, one time we were, like, having a talk and she was like, you want to propose, right? And I was like, absolutely. 
I'm going to be asked how I propose to you every time somebody knows that I'm engaged. And I'm not going to say we sat down on a couch and agreed. <laughs> I'm just like, it's not happening. Aww. I'm not doing it. It's cool that you were like aware about that. I remember seeing one. Uh, it was like a diamond ring engagement commercial. Right. And the gist of the like commercial was it was a ring and then it was like really quick cuts to like everybody who was looking at the ring and it was like grandmother, mother, father, best friend, other best friend, colleague at work, like grocery store clerk and it was like every person is going to be wanting to see the ring. Oh, right, right, It right. better be a good one. Oh and it's like God. kind of, a, it was like, ah! I know, it was like kind of a crazy <laughs> commercial. Screw that commercial. But it was also like very effective because you, you were like, fuck like damn like everyone is yeah. going to be wanting to see this That's ring like up. it's so messed anxiety. up it's so messed up but but it's kind of the same uh, idea as like everyone's going to be asking yeah. how you proposed yeah it better be a good better story be a good story <laughs> yeah. so you waited um but so i knew that i knew that tessa wanted it to be private and i knew it she just wanted it to be romantic but like not uh not one of these like grand billboard YouTube filmed displays. <laughs> yeah. You know, she didn't want, she didn't want a flash mob. She didn't want a flash mob. She didn't want, you know, you know, us at, like the middle of the rink. What's that? Rockefeller center. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, her ring, I got from her, one of her best friends who's a jeweler who she loves her jewelry. And so she made it for me, which was nice. Um, and then, you know, we do these vacations sometimes where we just rent a hotel in New York and just stay there. Like, so we can't like get away, but we like, which like, I think yeah. is such a cute idea. They do it a lot and it's so cute. I love the idea of a staycation. I love it. Cause I just love being in a hotel. It just, exactly. I, I'm a different person. Room yeah. service. It's you get all room service. about when, the room service. When someone else is making my bed. Yeah. You have somebody making your bed. You yeah. have a nice shower. You can go, you know, there's a, there's a gym right there. You know, it's like. All these, yeah, it's really nice. So uh, that's so I was like, we should do that, and she was like, yeah. And then so I booked this hotel, and I got there before her. I got flat like her favorite flowers from her favorite florist. Which can I interject, mm-hmm. Tessa? I don't know if she said this on the podcast, but once told me that you frequently buy her flowers. Well, like, is yeah, it like every week you do massages? Oh and man, flowers? I wish that it was no. Every okay, week. okay. All right, so, <laughs> so I'm not that good. I've maybe built, but I've, I do. I've wait, built up well, your... massage. I probably do give her a massage every week. There you go. <laughs> but uh, flowers, flowers. Like I would say, maybe like I. There was a point in which I was giving them a lot more frequently. Now it's more like probably like once a month. But still, once a month is like more than I'm getting. Them. I think more than a lot of people, right? Yeah, I well, think when I talked flowers. to her, it was like every week. I have to say, when yes, you, there when was a time where it was like very often. When you said I got her favorite flower, in the back of my mind, I was like, you knew what her favorite flower was. Oh wow. yes, <laughs> and her favorite florist. Wow. I mean, so and so I got her. Yes, I got her flowers, and then like, um, I wrote a bunch of love notes on like sticky. On like, you know, like the sticky notes. I just wrote a bu- bunch of like love notes and like put them all around the room. So when she got there and then I like, kind of hid some. So when she got there, uh, uh, she would like find and she'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's one here. Oh, there's one here. You know, and and she like saw all of them. And then and then I was like, I wanted to, us to still like have our night. So we like had a really nice night. And then the next morning. 
you know, we had breakfast in bed. And then when was that when that was done? I was like, oh, and I was like, I think there's like one more note that you didn't find. She was like, I found them all. Like I looked everywhere. I found them all. And I was like, no, there is. I was like, there's one that's over here. It's like by the safe. She's like, what are you talking about? So so you went over and then the note on the safe said, open me. And so she opened the safe and the ring was in there. And then, yeah. And it said, will you marry me? And I proposed. Was she surprised? Yeah. Oh, good. So cute. She's crying. Oh, <laughs> her shoes crying. Oh God, we're such like when it comes down to it, we're we're softies. We're so, we really we're are. just soft. Saps. Oh, love a good love a good love story. Love a good love story. We love 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 yeah. love actually is all around us. For as much as yeah. we say like getting married's not the goal, which we firmly believe. A good, a good engagement it's, story yeah. always melts your heart. Nice to hear a nice story. <laughs> On that note, should we jump into what's in the news? Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? Okay, so I was reading Vice, and they have a story about how street harassers in France are potentially going to have to face steep fines under a new law against catcalling. And I know, and I was really excited actually to talk about this on this show because I feel like the, uh, the topic of catcalling is something that gets brought up a lot on like social media. People are always debating either side of it. And I have to say, Jonathan, your Facebook presence is a breath of fresh air (laughs) on my timeline (laughs) all the time. So I feel like you could have some words of wisdom on this because a lot of guys are like, Oh, cat calling is not a big deal. It's a compliment. I'm complimenting you as you walk by. It's so hard. I think for I think um, for guys like they're one they they're not women, so they don't understand where women are coming from. And I put myself in this category as well. So it's like, yeah, we just don't understand. We just don't understand. Like, uh, you know, if you're thinking about it on an individual level, and cat and the, the other problem is cat calling has this like wide range of things that like some people they go oh what i can't say hi to you on the street but the reality is the mo- the majority of people who are catcalling are not just saying hi no they're saying the like street. hey that ass that ass it's just but like even, inappropriate yeah. the truth is even when you're not saying that ass which happens but like it's also the way you say things so like i remember right. i was walking home from the grocery store the other night and somebody like i was i saw a group of guys and i knew as i passed and they were going to say something to me and i was like i just want to get in my door without you like bothering right. me and they right. were like oh yeah carrying groceries <laughs> so like they weren't <laughs> commenting on my body at all but i was just like why are you yes, why I'm can't i walk groceries. by you without right. like, i lost commented my sh- on i lost my shit the other day Uh, I was walking right out of my building and I had walked maybe like five steps down and there was like a guy sitting on the bench and he starts yelling like, oh, like, damn, like that booty, that booty. And like, I didn't like, I didn't even like look that cute. Like I was in like, whatever, not that it matters. It's never about that. It's never about that. It's not. So he starts like, you know, like my butt and I turn around, I go, I go. Can I can I not leave my apartment without being harassed? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, complimenting you. I was like, no, you aren't. And I like, I literally lost my shit. And I was like, no, you know what? I am sick of this. I want to walk down my street. This is my street. This is my apartment. Oh my I can leave my apartment and walk out of my apartment and not be harassed. Okay. And I like stormed Damn. up. Oh, I lost it. It was you just like, it. 
It was just like not and, the but time. But he backed for me. Out, He backed off. Yeah, he was pretty. He probably was like that girl's crazy. <laughs> but he was. He was pretty. But, but he, wait, was, no, he was being I, really now, rude. I feel like I do think this is happening more, right? That women are like yelling back and, and like, and so I don't know. It's hard because I those people specifically, I feel like I don't really. I can't relate to. I never related to because one, I don't really think that they expect anything. Uh, it's just like this weird kind of machismo cultural thing cultural thing of like they grow up with like macho guys that like feel like that's like we, how yeah. you prove that you're like a man yeah a man yeah yeah it's like this weird thing of like oh and and then there's all it's also the fact that they just can't keep it to themselves like <laughs> it's like you can see somebody beautiful and think to yourself like man that person was really beautiful it's like you don't Tourette's. need to tell them like, like what are you doing yeah like yeah. that's like it's just rude it's just rude um but i think there it's so you have the people who do it right which is a probably a much larger number than i want to admit <laughs> but i but i think there's this other group which is just the people who want to defend it even though they're not doing it yes and that comes from the not understanding that yes Okay, so you you say, well, I should be allowed to say hello on the street. But if you're if like a woman and while you walk 10 minutes to the subway and 15 guys said a whole variation of something like groceries <laughs> to like, you know, you got a fat butt to, <laughs> you know, you know, I want to have sex with, you know what I mean? Right. Like this whole you don't know which guy is the dangerous you know, they all just wind look, uh, wind up looking dangerous. They're all harassing you because it's a constant thing. So it's like the consistency of that is uh, enough to for you as if you're a decent person, you know, to just be like, oh, yeah, I should probably just not say anything. Because why do I need to say anything? Exactly. You know what and I mean? I... Especially if you're in New York. We're in New York. We don't say hello to people. I just don't. It's like, if jarring. You're in a small town. <laughs> no, I, I get try it. to. I like saying hello to people. I actually like like living in like the part of Brooklyn that I live in. I feel like I I know all the people that work at all the stores and boutiques and right, like, restaurants. So I'm like I feel like Belle and Beauty and the Beast as I like walk <laughs> in my neighborhood. Where, like, where I'm like bonjour. Tess is the same bonjour, way. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Yeah. But like I normally don't yell at people when they yell me because living in New York, I'm taught that. I don't know who's the one crazy person that when I scream at them not to harass me are going to like attack me, right, physically exactly. attack me right. or, or like stalk me or fo- follow me. Like I got lucky that this guy like backed off and like felt kind of stupid, but like typically like I would never yell like I did. I was just like, I had lost it and was just like not in right. the mood, but normally like I'm pretty terrified that I don't yeah. know what the person's Be- going to do because the, because but it's like there's a it's a lose lose right so you have a person who's like you know let's say they only said hello hello and you want to be polite and you say hello back and now they're like hey what's your number like and you're like what the flip like which happens all the time happens all the time so it's like cool so if i give you anything you take that as an invitation to like try to get my number and then i say no and now you're pissed. And now you're mad. Oh, at me. you're uppity. Oh, you. Oh, okay. Like f you. Then you think you're better than me. It's like excuse yeah. me. Right. Usually so wait, it devolves you get, into you're ugly anyway. You're ugly anyway. I don't want your number anyway. You get yelled yeah. at if you ignore them. You get yelled at if you say hi but then don't want to go far- farther. So tell me about like more about this yeah. law. 
Yeah. So, okay. It's right now. It's just a proposed law. Uh, it's supposed to be passed next year. It would institute fines when someone breaks into your vital space, talks to you within 10 or 20 centimeters of your face, follows you for three, four, five, or six streets, uh, or asks for your telephone number. Um, they apparently in France, they actually already have a law that criminal criminalized sexual harassment, but it doesn't cover street harassment because at, as we were talking about, like a lot of people are like, it's not harassment or freedom of speech. Yeah. Like they, it's a, it, it's a, it, it is, it's like a gray line. It is a gray line. I don't, you don't want guys to be like worried about asking a woman out, but it's really, it's like it, there isn't that big of a gray area because it's truly is like how it's done. If it's, if you approach it in like a sympathetic, like, <laughs> like in a kind way where you're like, Hey, right. I don't like, you know, I'm not trying to like bother you, but like, I don't know if you're single or yes. not, but like, you're like really beautiful. If I could like take you out for coffee, no girl's going to say that you were like catcalling or harassing them. Right. They're going to be like, Oh, sorry. I have a boyfriend if they're not interested. And then you're going to be like, okay, no worries. I'm so sorry to bother you. Have a great day. And they're going to take no for an answer. It's the people that don't take no for an answer. And then like, don't approach it that way. You know? Yes. It would be, it would just it would kind of be up to like the courts and like how people interpret the law because from the one thing that i could say i guess the one like maybe potential negative effect of that is that people like take it very literally like oh so like this person only followed me for like two and a half blocks and then mm-hmm. like now we're debating over you know what i mean like it's it should be more about the intent yeah. You know, and, and, and how do you know intent? Yeah. You, right. And that's the kind of problem. Like, I mean, that's like a, a, I guess a problem with court systems in general, but you know, like the, I mean, following three to six blocks feels like an obvious, like, yeah, if you're, if you're following me, asking me for your, my number, that should be illegal. You're stalking me. Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? It's lecherous. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you, you know, are getting up in my personal space, you're like violating me. You know what I mean? Like if you if somebody's walking down the street and you say and you say, "Hey, uh, do you mind if I like can I talk to you for a second? Uh, and they say no, and you're like, "But you know," and it's like after you say they say no, and you say "But," now you're a harasser. Yeah. You know, I, maybe I don't know. I think so. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that qualifying. Yeah. So good on France. Thank you. For- Thank you, France. If only that could happen here. Yeah, we'll see if it passes. Uh, See how it works. What are you reading, Laura? So I've been reading the New York Times. This is an article by Bruce Feeler. And he asked the question, should your spouse be your best friend? We hear this a lot from like celebrities and thank you speeches, for example. Like, I want to thank my best friend. Uh, And it's their spouse. And, And he's not so sure if your spouse should be your best friend. Before I, I say exactly what, what his findings were, I'm curious very quickly, do you say yes or no, your spouse should be your best friend? I think they should be one of your best friends. I don't think they should be your like only. Okay. What about you? I'm Well, yeah, I'm, that sounds the, like it depends on what best friend means. Exactly. But, right. Yeah. You hit yeah, it the can't nail be on like the head. only yeah. friend. Right. So that's kind of what this gets into. There's some research into this question. John Helliwell, he's a professor at the Vancouver School of Economics and he's the editor of the World Happiness Report. So he and a colleague discovered this in a long running study that they did in Britain. 
Part of the study asked people to name their best friend. Those who listed their spouse were twice as likely to have higher life satisfaction. Slightly more men than women made that choice, which he said makes sense because men tend to have fewer friends than, than women do. So this one study would make you think that like, oh, it's good if your spouse is your best friend because they were more, you know, makes you more happy. But uh other people aren't so sure. So Amir Levine, he's a psychiatrist in neuroscience at Columbia University, and he's the co-author of Attached. He basically explains that eventually people's relationship with their spouse, it kind of transitions from like the initial sexual attraction you feel to more attachment and security. So or your relationship eventually feels more like a friendship. Mm-hmm. And he says there's good to this and also bad to this and, and also bad parts to this he says you should embrace that new part because you should say okay now I have this person I'm attached to I have the feeling of security that's what allows me to be an individual again and like self-actualize but it's this feeling of security that leads us to describe our spouses as friends but that language is not quite right he says first couples need to have what he calls maintenance sex because it reestablishes that physical closeness that like eventually kind of like gets away so you need to like make a concerted effort to like right so keep you, that up so you're not just friends just, yes you right. want to be <laughs> and you might start <laughs> I mean, to feel that way and and you need to but you need to like renew that attachment because like eventually some people you could kind of get like angry or resentful like i just feel like we're roommates i just feel like you're my best friend so he mm-hmm. says number one you need to have maintenance sex and number two the term friendship and calling someone a best friend, which they might eventually become, is a, quote, underwhelming representation of what's actually going on. So you might feel like they're your best friend, but he says that's not really what it is. He says what people basically mean is I'm in a secure relationship. Being close to my partner is very rewarding. I trust them. They're there for me in such a profound way that allows me to have courage to create, to explore, to imagine And friendship is not nearly all-encompassing of what a spouse is. He suggests reframing the word instead of saying they're your best friend, calling them a secure spouse. (laughs) I'm not sure that that word is going to catch on. No, that that sounds awful. It sounds pretty awful. Nobody wants to say secure spouse. No, but so it's so his thing is more like grown up. uh, A best friend doesn't (sighs) doesn't my secure spouse. I know it's it's a stupid it's a stupid phrase. You can't. But he says you you really his thing is like you really need to like reframe the, and and no, and be aware that there's a critical difference between a best friend and a spouse. Like one of the criteria for a best friend is that you feel unconditionally accepted. He says, "Do you care if your buddy Mark is messy in the kitchen or leaves his bathroom in shambles? Probably not. But with a spouse, you will. And with like a good marriage, you're gonna push each other, challenge each other, encourage each other, and change each other. And like with friends, you maybe do that a little, but like not as much. And and then they end it with saying, if your spouse is your best friend, then whom do you complain to your spouse about? Which right, is which is, I, <laughs> no, that's totally true, though. I was like, you need, you can't just, they can't be your, like you said, they can't be your only best friend because if you have trouble with your, if you have trouble with your spouse, you need to be able to talk about it with another friend. And therefore, you need a friend of ju- of the same, like, kind of level, you know, where you're probably, at least putting into that relationship and prioritize. I mean, you're not going to prioritize them over your spouse, but you need to have like a friend that you can talk to and be like, Ugh, like blah, 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 blah. Just so you can decompress and somebody who also, and that person also needs to like, like your spouse. 
Yeah. Yes. They can't not like your spells because then that's not good. Well, if you're going to them for your advice and they don't yes. like you, yes, yes. then that's it not might good. be biased. That's no, that's no good. And on the flip side, I feel like you can't only hang out with your significant other because then like you'll run out of things to talk about. Like you need time with other people oh my God. away from them. You know, like <laughs> you just reminded me of a sketch that I saw where where it was just like two people talking and they said something and they're like, Oh, well, that's it. I think we finally run out of things to talk about. Oh, I love that. <laughs> they're like, wow, we've been together for 21 years and we've learned everything that there is to know about each other. Well, this was a good marriage. Like, <laughs> It's been nice. That's, been why, nice. that's why you got to meet somebody that you like experiencing life with. And they're like, of yeah. course, but you, I feel like you still need other experiences outside yes, exactly. of that relationship yeah, to talk about. This article really <laughs> seemed to me that it just came down to like semantics of what the word best friend means. And yes. like, and I think when you call your spouse a best friend, like you do mean a best friend, but obviously you mean more. You mean my best friend, secure spouse, you know, like, like it's a deeper right. best friend than, than your best friend right. or, or just different. Like there's things I talk to my best friends about that I would never talk to Nick about. There's things that they know that he doesn't know and vice versa, you know? Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I, don't know. I wonder if, I don't think Tessa would agree with that. Would agree yeah. with what? Like, uh, my, like my friends knowing, uh, things that she doesn't know. Oh, really? But do your friends know stuff that Ian doesn't know? Um, they know stuff that Ian doesn't want to know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like we, I mean, we have a, a Facebook group that is just constantly going throughout the day that we'll all just chime in on, but like just the most like celebrity gossip articles, like, just like, yeah, we post a lot of links to one another. Um, Oh, like, did you see what this person's doing on Facebook? Yeah. A lot of <laughs> gossip, a lot of articles. Remember, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember we played a game on a podcast a little bit ago, which was like, it was like, should you tell this secret to your best friend or to your boyfriend? Remember we played that game? Oh. Yeah. And that's so, like, a little harder for me because I over, I do overshare with and you. Yeah. What we, what we discovered when we were coming up with that game was that you overshare a lot where I'm like, Ian doesn't need to know that you're like constipated all the time, you know, <laughs> or like, or like He's the number one person that has to know that. <laughs> Tessa right. loves talking about poop. Really? Girl after my own heart. <laughs> loves talking about poop. On that note, we are about to jump into the mailbox, but first let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. We would like to thank our sponsor, Noom. Guys, it's the new year coming up. Yeah, you're going to want a new you. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe you want to get healthier too. If you've tried to lose weight, you know, crash diets don't work. But you don't want to use any of those like outdated diet programs. You want to get techie. So stop dieting. Start a weight loss journey that actually goes somewhere with Noom. Noom is a modern weight loss program that turns temptation into behavior breakthroughs. You can download their app in the iTunes store. And, and it really, you know, it's really cool. They're, they're trying something new. Yeah, I love it. I'm not a disciplined person, so I need something like Noom to like keep me on track. Because with Noom, you get a customized course designed by psychologists, nutritionists, and physicians. It's all on your phone. Um, it's way more than just logging meals. Noom uses psychology to crush your bad habits and replace them with new healthy habits 
without making you feel deprived. You also get 24-7 access to your personal coach and support group so that you got somebody cheering you on. Yeah, it's really cool. So, you know, for the new year, maybe you want to try something a little different. Give them a shot. Let us know what you think. Go to Noom.com slash single right now to get your first two weeks of Noom for free. Try them for two weeks. You got nothing to lose. Plus, you'll get up to 50% off your subscription. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash single to start your two-week free trial and get up to half of your subscription noom.com slash single we would like to thank our sponsor StoryWorth. i am so excited for this sponsor it couldn't come at a better time because for a long time i've been wanting basically i want my mom and dad to write their memoir and they have no desire to write their memoirs because why but i want i just want to have like a document of their life and questions about their childhood and how they feel about different things. But I always felt like weird and morbid being like, I'm going to sit down and interview you. Cause like they're healthy, like God forbid. And, but I want this forever. And then anyways, story worth, just came into my life at the right time. So this is how it works. You purchase a subscription for someone you love and each week StoryWorth sends them an email with questions about their life. Then they reply to this email with their story or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All stories are private. They're only shared with family that you choose. And then after a year, the stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book, which is essentially their memoir. That's, it's a beautiful gift to give some, to somebody. The holidays are coming up. It's definitely really original. You also learn a lot about your relatives because they ask questions that you might not think to ask. Their questions elicit entertaining, surprising, sometimes moving responses from your family. And you get to preserve your memories. You pass on stories that you've heard your parents tell a million times to your children. They might not get to hear them from your parents. So that's a beautiful thing. Um, and it's one year of week weekly story prompts and you get a hardcover printed book that's black and white and up to 500 pages. It's really cool. So I ended up doing this for my mom and my dad because I'm just so excited to have this. I, I just hope they stay on top of their weekly write-ins, but I think they will. I told my mom about it. She was very excited. Yeah. I'm going to do it with my parents too, especially because like my parents tell the same stories all the time and they're always funny. And then I try to tell them and I don't nail it the same way. Yeah. So it's this, hard this to remember. I could just play it for people and be like, mm, here, they tell it better. Yeah. Let me just read you what's in this book. Um, and guys, we're hooking it up for $20 off. Visit storyworth.com slash single. That's story, S-T-O-R-Y, worth, W-O-R-T-H.com slash single and when you subscribe you'll get that $20 off Angela what do we have in the mailbox for Jonathan to help us answer okay um first up we have a question from our listener Rachel Rachel writes hey girls first of all I love the show Thank you, Rachel. Um, One of the most important lessons I've learned is not to put all my eggs in one basket. So now I am on an Easter egg hunt and going on tons of dates. (laughs) Yes, girl. I I love that. Get it. Great great metaphor. Um, A recent bad date sparked this email. I met this guy at a bar and I told him I had work from three to eight. So we met up at this sports bar afterward. I was assuming he would know that I'd be hungry since I just worked from three to eight. But when I showed up, he was like, oh, you're eating. (laughs) Um, Yes. Wait, Wait, she was eating when he showed up? I think it was like she wanted she ordered food and he was like, oh, okay." Um, So she said she was like, yes, yes, I am eating. Anyway, I felt awkward because he wasn't 
because he wasn't. So I just ordered some curly fries. We both got a beer. And when I went to the bathroom, he took it upon himself to order another round without asking me. Once we finished those, we got the bill. And what do you know? He didn't have enough money to pay for it. Oh, my God. According to him, this was because I didn't know you'd be eating. Oh, my (laughs) God. She just got curly fries, guy. So apparently my $5 fries were the reason he couldn't afford the bill and not the second round of drinks he ordered without my approval. I helped him pay the bill because what else was I supposed to do? But I probably had quite a sour face on. He then asked me if I was, quote, High maintenance. Never call a girl high maintenance. Especially when she's not because th- th- yeah. this is not We'll get into it. Okay, wait, keep going. Oh, my God. So, yes, I'm high, na- high maintenance because I order fries on a date and helped you pay the bill. Big shock. We're still not dating. No, we're not. We're not still dating. I hope you're not even talking to him anymore. But yeah. she says, my question is, am I being high maintenance because oh I have God. standards? Do men prefer I keep quiet about their idiotic antics? I tend to ask guys what they're looking for pretty early on because I don't want to waste my time. And I'm not sure if this can be perceived as high maintenance or clingy. Jonathan. Jonathan, as, take as it away. As a guy, as a, as a male of the species, uh, please take this one from for us. Uh, yeah, that dude is absolute trash. Um, at, like with without a question, absolute trash. Uh, I I was giving him the benefit of the doubt in the beginning when you said when he said, "Oh, you ordered food." I thought like maybe he was like, "Oh, I wanted to order food with you." No. You know, like, why didn't you wait for me? Why didn't you thing? wait for me? I was like, maybe. And then uh, you proceeded to tell me all the horrible things that he did. <laughs> at, at, first of all. No. Yeah. No. A dude came to this restaurant, bar, whatever, didn't have enough money to pay for the date? Get out. Get out. <laughs> you're done. Also, I... You're absolutely done. I don't... <laughs> you're absolutely done, especially if your excuse is, I didn't know you were going to order fries? Get out. You're done? Do not date again. We do not need you in the dating pool population. Just go home, sit there, play video games, buy your cheap beer, and leave the rest of us alone. Leave the adults to the dating world. Okay? Oh, my. That's horrible. No. Oh, my God. This poor woman thinks that she's high maintenance because she ordered fries and he couldn't pay for it. Oh, my God. No. High maintenance... (laughs) High maintenance it would be like if you were like, I'm going to order like the the most expensive thing on the menu and like the most expensive drink and then the most, I don't know. And then you were like, and we need to go to this thing afterwards and you need to pay for the cab ride over here. And like you dropped 200 and whatever, some $50 on like the first date. Then I'd be like, all right, you maybe you should, <laughs> unless you, uh, if that's your expectations, you need to date people who have that kind of money. But this is ridiculous. Right. And Absolutely. on top of it, don't forget, she pe- she paid. She didn't even say anything negative to him about paying. She just had a look well, on she, her face. Still, I have two things to say about this. Number one, I read a study that said that people who like curly fries have higher intelligence. So number one. Is that wow. true? Supposedly. Okay. Take it with a grain of salt, but <laughs> that's that's what it said. Take it with a grain of salt on the curly fries. On the curly fries. fries. <laughs> so you sound like a smart lady, and hopefully you're smart enough to know not to go out with Absolutely guys like this not. again. And, and number two, I totally agree with you. He's c- complaining about your $5 curly fries when he ordered two drinks 
that you didn't even want or one of them that you didn't want. Maybe he wanted a second one. You didn't. That that would have like neutralized itself. Like if you if he hadn't gotten you that second drink uh, and you had just gotten your fries, the fries and the drink are like the same amount of money. They're probably both like five bucks. The, the beer is probably even more. I don't even care. Honestly, yeah, it's I don't besides care. The point. It's besides the point. The man should have had enough money for the date. He didn't. You're done. And then he and then instead of saying like it if he was if he were to go, Hey, I just need to let you know this up top. Like, I'm sorry, I actually I don't have a job right now, you know, I'm short on cash, like this is my situation, it's sucky. So if you need to not be in that kind of situation, just let me know. I totally understand. This is my predicament. Fine. But you're gonna blame her. You're gonna call <laughs> Her high maintenance. He should have never ordered she that ordered second fries. round. He should have never ordered that second round if money wasn't. And an you issue. wanted a cheap date. No. You go yeah. home and you stay there. Just stay home. Boom. Roasted. Boom. 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 You're Boom. roasted. All right. What do we have next for Jonathan to help us answer? Okay, so now we have a, an email from our listener, Jenny, who actually had previously written to us about sober dating and how she was struggling with it. Um, but she finally met someone. So and this, this is her follow up. It doesn't, doesn't even have anything to do. It's just a funny coincidence. Um, so she says, I got into a relationship with a great guy. We actually met on a trampoline dodgeball league that I signed up for alone. This is what we tell people all the time on the podcast. Sign up for like fun extracurricular activities. You never know who you're going to meet. Sign up for that softball league. Sign up for that soccer league. Sign up for that trampoline dodgeball <laughs> trampoline league. Trampoline dodgeball. The more specific, the better. Yes. Because the more you will have in common. So trampoline dodgeball. Good. Very wow. specific. All right. Go, keep going. Keep <laughs> I'm going. I'm impressed. So she says, he's so kind, giving, and truly cares about me. We spend every night together, and I see him as often as time allows. We don't even uh, fight. If there is an issue, we calmly talk it over, and it's water under the bridge. How long have they been going out? Um, she says she doesn't say. I she don't doesn't think. say. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm assuming it's been like a, a somewhat significant amount of yeah, time. Yeah, nice. And yeah. he sounds great. Yeah. So she says, except for one thing, his BFF, I will call her Cat, has been his friend for about eight years. We live in a fairly small town, and oddly enough, I work at the bar she used to work at. My boyfriend has lived above the bar for nine years and met her while she worked there. I have made ample attempts for double dates, meeting for coffee or helping to plan his surprise party. Needless to say, she has been rude and continues to tell people she does not like me. I come to find out Kat and my boyfriend had a thing for about three years that ended two years ago. Uh-oh. This would not be as big of a deal if she wasn't A, married for over 10 years to a man she has two children with. Whoa. So she cheated on her husband with her now boyfriend. Yes, and B, she's completely rude to me. My boyfriend was very upfront with me about everything when I asked. And according to him, nobody knows about it. He still sees he still sees her every few months now compared to more like once a week or more before we were dating. And they text. I 100% trust my boyfriend. He has given me no issue to not, but I can't get it out of my head. She also didn't invite me to her birthday, but invited him and he went. So she has a few questions. She says, number one, is it totally selfish of me to ask him to not talk to her? I think that would just create issues. Two, why doesn't he stand up for me around her? This truly is the only time he ever, I'm sorry, the only time 
ever he has given me any reason to not trust him? And number three, is this just something I need to get over? Since it is in his past, I don't exactly judge him. I just feel like I am being haunted by the past. Help, this is giving me an ulcer. What do you say? So. Man, this is tough. This is tough. I'm trying to think about how much I'm allowed to say. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> this is great because I think you have personal experience. Yeah, like, like um, it's not, it's nowhere close to this because it sounds like his relationship with this past girlfriend, if I can call, even call her that. I think it is because they went out for three years. Right. It is super complicated because she was, it was an affair and yes. she was married. Yeah. She was married the whole time, maybe, while they were yes. having Yes, I mean, she's affair? been married for 10 years, so... And they, so, and they had a thing for three years that ended two years ago. So if right. we're doing the math, absolutely she was married and this is an affair. Right. So for me, the problem is less... Uh, the problem is less so maybe a relationship that he has with a past girlfriend. Though, I, 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 I just personally feel some way about that like it's not i uh this is like something that Tessa and i have talked about like i am not super comfortable with like past uh people like persons or, or whatever like having like lovers a, like a, a a a close friendship like a like a friendship is fine but like like we're texting a lot and we're seeing each other a lot like it feels weird to me even though i know some people are like we're we're over. I have feel nothing for them anymore. We're adults. Like, it's not like that. There is no danger. And like, I do trust that there is no danger, but it still feels weird to me. And I just can't get over it. I'm just like, that's a human thing that I can't really get over. So I'm like a big hypocrite. Like, I don't want Nick to talk to any of his exes at all. But like, I maintain like a friendly, like, you know, cordial relationship with mine. But we don't like text. And they're definitely not one of my best friends. But it's funny, growing up, like my mom has like two guys that she dated when she was much younger and whenever we would like go back to kansas to like visit her family Mm -hmm. she'd be like oh let's go over and say hi to don and like i found out much later on that like oh don is your ex-boyfriend and like you're going over to don and like introducing him to your kids and like meeting his wife and like it's all normal and fine so like i grew up with like where like that shouldn't be weird like my dad's not jealous of like my mom texting and calling and like when we go to kansas hanging out with don and his family but like so i grew up where like yes adults grow up and they realize they weren't right for each other and they can maintain friendships because they like who the person was but me personally i'm still like a jealous hypocrite (laughs) i also think though that goes to show something that we talk about a lot on the show is that you can really only be truly friends with an ex if a lot of time has passed in between i definitely dated Because I'm sure your mom wasn't friends with them like immediately. And I think it exactly. And I think it probably helps that that he's married with kids. But this situation is different because she is married with kids and still cheated on her husband. So like that whole being married with kids thing. She's still married. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't know. But the thing is, the thing is that the affair is hasn't been outed. Exactly. Not yet. Is this our advice? <laughs> well, that's out, my well, no, 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 no. That's not my advice. That's Don't not my get advice. involved in that drama. No, no, that's dangerous. But that's not my advice. But my biggest problem is that he was okay with engaging in an adulterous affair. Because even though he wasn't the one cheating on someone, cheating on someone, 
he was I don't I, I honestly don't care I actually think that you're still taking part of the cheating because it as if he knew which he had to if he knew that this person is in a committed relationship and they're cheating with then kids involved with kids yeah. even if there wasn't kids I'm still like that means there's a part of you that thinks this is okay and that and has low morals that uh, that's exactly and if you think this is okay what prevents you from thinking it's it's uh not okay to do it with me yeah if you're engaged if you've been engaged in an affair you re- then honestly you really have to do more than the average person to like affirm my trust i mean i, I i've talked about on deep. the yeah i agree sorry. and a three-year affair sorry three years is a long time that's a long time i talked about on the podcast so i had a little affair but this was like i was in high school not that that makes it okay mm-hmm. but uh I've talked about before. It was a, a guy at my high school. It was very like this popular guy who like always every girl wanted him. Yeah. And he had like a long term girlfriend who was like a virgin and wouldn't have sex. And then but I would. So I was like the little side. Like he was like, do you want to be friends with benefits? And I was like literally all I wanted with this guy. I didn't really want to date him. He wasn't like he wasn't someone I really wanted to date. Right. But he was really hot and I really wanted to hook up with him. And I did this for like, I don't even remember exactly how long it went on for. But I feel, I remember the time like I didn't feel bad about it. And I feel bad about that now. I feel right. bad that I didn't feel bad about that now. Like, that's so sad. I mean, it wasn't like, an, I, I don't even know if it makes it better that it was like a high school relationship. But at the time, like, they'd been together a long time. It was like a pretty serious relationship. I'm sure they right. would each consider them each consider each other like a pretty significant relationship in their right. like history, you know, so and they still don't know to this day. Do you feel like after doing that, did you learn that you were like, Oh, that's not something I ever want to do again. Or I don't know. I mean, I never did it again, but I didn't really, I think I was just very selfish at the time and just yeah. thought about like what I wanted at the time. I mean, it was so like, I'm obviously so against cheating. I would never in a million years cheat I've, I've never cheated on an, one of my boyfriends, you know. But you'd be a side chick. But I was a side chick. <laughs> right. I was a side chick once. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I will say there's a definitely an up, upping of the ante for somebody who's married. And then another upping of the ante with somebody who's married with children, you know. And then another upping of the ante for, the entire, for three years. So, so if you're okay with that, my yeah, thing but is what like, do you think? What, what should she, she do? Like, if she's okay. Like, if she is like, I don't trust this woman, you know, and you're like, I don't want her to be your friend because honestly, I don't she think has bad she's morals. A, I think she has bad morals and she's not a good influence on you. Then I think it's totally within your right to be like, I would love you to like scale back your relationship with this person. I agree. And, you know, maybe it's not like a black and white, like you have to choose right now. Either you're going to be friends with her or you're going to be with me. But it can be like a compromise thing where you're asking him to like scale it back and he does so for your wishes and then like naturally just keeps getting scaled back where he doesn't really even have, he doesn't even, he's not close with her that he even wants to necessarily engage with her all the time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's selfish. It, you know, I think it's fair game. Like, and, uh, I, I mean, I'm. I, I mean, I know this is. We have no idea what their relationship is like, or why he's such good friends with her, and all that stuff. But it's a, definitely a complicated history. It totally is. So, but I think we we helped out. We 
we have you in a good place now. Yeah. You know what to do. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little harder on this line. Like I'm like, <laughs> you got to tell him that you don't. I, if it was me, I would be like, I really don't want you to talk to this person. I don't really see why you're still friends with them. And and I'm not comfortable with this and you need to stick up for me more. That's the part that bothers me the most is that he doesn't stick up for her and that he will still go to this party even though she's not invited. So I would be a little harder and I'd be right. like, this isn't cool. You're choosing her over me. But you could say it in like a nicer way, I guess. And point out that the friend was making him choose her over you by not inviting you to the party. Exactly. So right. have the talk. You can do it in a non-accusatory way. Like you just say, here are the things that are happening and these are the things that I am not feeling good about. Exactly. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I hope you have that talk and please follow up and let us know how it goes because we're going to be very curious. If any of you listeners listening in want your questions answered, you can email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is dating without booze. That's booze with a Z, not B-O-O-S. Not the booze as in, this is my boo, or... <laughs> yeah, wait. <laughs> I just thought of... I was just thinking, I was like, that's really clever. But then I Thank thought you. of like people sitting down at a restaurant, and then while they're having their date, people around them are just going, boo! <laughs> you should always date without booze that would be so sad (laughs) what a depressing date but also that wouldn't that might make decisions of of if you should continue dating someone a lot easier right if (laughs) if if the collective wow this whole restaurant doesn't approve everyone was just saying boo to your dating yeah if they were like yay or boo you'd be like all right guess the decision's made Uh, well, you know what? We get a lot of emails from listeners about this topic. We've gotten, I don't know, at least half a dozen. Angela and I were both very surprised that so many people are, are having an issue with trying to be sober or deciding not to drink and finding issues with dating and really struggling with being able to date when they don't drink. So I thought we'd read a couple of the emails that we got and get your take on them. Cool. Yeah. So first up, we have an email from an anonymous listener who she says, um, I'm 24 years old and I do not drink. Can you do an episode about sober dating in this generation? It's tough to meet people when you can't go to bars or you don't get invited out by friends. Have you ever found that people don't invite you places because they know you don't drink and they'll be drinking there? Hmm. Um, well, it's hard because no, I, I don't have that experience now. Uh, I feel like in high school I did. Really? <laughs> like in high school, people wouldn't invite me to parties because like they were drinking, you know, and they probably were like, nah, John, John doesn't drink. So like, let's not invite him. And maybe because they are, it was like illegal <laughs> to drink then. <laughs> uh, they think you were a narc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I also, I think because- Are you of, the police? Isn't that what you ask when you're doing like a drug deal? Like, like there's some role where like you, you have to tell. Yeah, that's from movies and oh. it's not true. <laughs> really? <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I think that uh, people don't, a- people ask me be- because I'm fun. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Maybe, I, maybe some people are listening to me and they're like, you don't sound fun, but- <laughs> 
I, I promise I am. You are. And I've seen you at parties. You're on the dance floor. You're tearing you know. it up. Same with me. I don't, if I'm not drinking, like I'm still going to be on the dance floor. I don't need to have like three cocktails to dance. Right. And like, and if you do, I'm like, I want to know why. Right. I mean, yeah, my whole thing with like dating is just, you know, uh, it shouldn't really matter if you're not drinking, you know, like if you uh, can have a conversation and not be weird and be able to like let loose a little bit and not be so tense and uptight uh, without alcohol, then like who cares if you're drinking or not? Um, uh, I think that going to bars for me was like fine. Like I I'm fine. I'll go to a bar and then, when people ask me for a drink, like I'll get like cranberry juice <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny. Like talking about movies, I did watch like, uh, that movie, the departed had come out and there was this scene in it where Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, is at a bar and he asked for a cranberry juice. And then the guy next to him is like cranberry juice. What are you on your period? Oh, that who wrote that? That joke's a bad joke. So at that point, do you not have uh, even a complex about not drinking? It's just about having a red drink. I feel like a lady. I need yeah, I don't a know. Brown face. I didn't. Drink. I didn't even. I never understood it. But I was just like, I was just like, oh, is it considered like, you know, not cool to get a cranberry juice? But it's that's not. Even, I've never heard of that. We that's actually, not even something that I would think. We read a news story. Remember from a bartender who like right. read into people's drinks, and and she said like, good guys get vodka cranberries so oh. a lot of them feel weird about it but it usually means that they're like very confident oh there you go yeah, yeah i always feel like i feel like it's good if you if you're feeling weird about not drinking get a cranberry juice get a ginger ale people are probably not even gonna notice you know right. but but i guess her problem is that people are not inviting her out and that's on the friends you have and they suck. And, and I think you kind of maybe need to explain to them like, Hey, I'm still going to have fun. Like right. I yeah. still like, I want to go, maybe they think that they don't want to make you comfort you uncomfortable. Yes. And you maybe need to explain to them that like, Hey, just so you know, I'm totally cool to come to like a bar with you. And like, I still have fun and you're not making me feel weird. And it's not like you're inviting me to do something that I'm like against or that like, I don't want to be around. So like, if you go to a bar, like I would love to come with you. Like I'm going to have a good time. I'll like, if it's a bar that has a jukebox, like I will be putting money in the jukebox and like drinking a ginger ale and like having a chill time with you guys. So uh, maybe people are, trying to be nice by not inviting you and they don't realize that they're actually hurting you yeah that's true i think if, overall if you're comfortable not drinking other people are going to be comfortable with it for the most part and if they're not then something's up with them right that's <laughs> yeah. on them at what point do you tell people that you don't drink like is this something that you believe in putting on dating profiles um i mean like when i was on tinder i didn't put it on my profile tinder doesn't even have a profile it's just pictures uh but there, you it's just put like, like pictures and your height yeah uh, you, you could put like a couple <laughs> sentences i guess yeah i would always, i would just put like i would put like my height and then like like let's go let's dance or something like that like that's, that's great fun. that's yeah. perfect yeah. uh and uh, uh but no i wouldn't i wouldn't make it a big deal i guess maybe on okcupid i put it on because it's like one of the you know, 1,001 questions you have to ask. I think it's 6,500. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> to like get the right mathematical percentage to match up to your perfect mate. 
Yeah. Uh, that the computer told you to, but then you looked at it and you wanted to rebel. And so you said, no, I'm going to go with the person. <laughs> 67%. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I, I, I usually bring it up. I guess I bring it up when like, if people ask, uh, otherwise I don't make it a thing. You but know? if a girl's like, Hey, let's go for a drink. You would say, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Cause she's not saying, right. let's go for, nobody says let's go for alcoholic beverages. Right. And even if they were, I'd just be like, cool. Like, let's go, let's go. And then I just wouldn't get a drink, you know? And then if she says, you're not drinking, I'd be like, no. Uh, like, I mean, maybe I'd just be like, no, I don't drink. Or like, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to drink. And then, you know, maybe they'll ask a question, like one follow-up question or whatever. But if I'm just like, it's not that big of a deal, then they think it's not that big of a deal. And honestly, you know, I mean, as a guy, I think that uh, uh, some women would be like, oh, cool. Like he's not drinking. And then like, I'm not going to drink that much either. Because like, I just want to be safe and, and that's cool. And then like, we can have, you know, a conversation and have fun and then, if they know that uh, they don't have to get super drunk to have fun, then that's like a cool thing. It's like, oh, I think you're just a more interesting person. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> to be like, honest. Like so. if you can, if you can have fun without drinking, you're probably just more more of an interesting. I think person. you saying that if you're just chill and don't make a big deal out of it, and you're just confident, that's that's really is the key. Like I had a friend, for example, who she typically drinks, but she was going on like a 30 day, no, no drinking cleanse. And like to her, this was like a big deal because when you're like a single girl in New York and you're like very social before you realize that you might be drinking like four or five nights out of the week. So deciding not to drink for a month could have like a big impact on you. So she's like texting a guy who she's about to go out with and she's like, Hey, just so you know, like I'm not drinking. So I'm going on this cleanse. And I was like, what, why Why do you even need to tell him all that? Just like go out with him. She's like, oh, he'll think it's weird. I feel like I need to tell him beforehand. I'm like, no, you don't. Just go out with him and then just like order something, order order whatever you want to get, like a ginger ale, a water, whatever. And then if you feel like mentioning you're on like a no drinking cleanse, but I feel like that makes you out to be like, it's, it's more weird to well, explain it. If you're going for dinner and you're not even going to a bar, if somebody's if somebody thinks it's bizarre that you're not ordering a drink with your dinner, then that's definitely on them that they have it in their head that dates have to automatically be associated with drinking, which I think is strange. I agree. Do you want to read the other email that we have from somebody? Um, yes. Well, but I also wanted to ask Jonathan, like if you have any tips, cause we also have a few listeners that like are new to sobriety because they have, they've had issues with alcohol in the past. So they can't go to bars so like suggestions for like su- alternative places to go and like how to suggest that. Um, yeah. I mean, if you don't want to go to a bar, I think uh, if you're I mean, if you're in a place like New York, there's like a lot of places you can go. You know, there are shows you have <laughs> comedy shows, burlesque shows. You have like theater. You can go to one of the many parks that are here. And I think parks are everywhere. Like, you know, going like honestly, like getting some food and going to like a park, you know, and like just sitting down and like having a nice like conversation like on a, on like a really nice park bench is really nice. Um, if it's cold, if there's a museum that you can go to, because like museums, I, I think are nice uh, dates, even even for a first date, because it's it's something that's like you both can engage in something else, but it's also like not 
captivating enough that you have to watch something and you know what i mean right like, it's not like the movies which is like always a terrible yeah, terrible idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh uh, but if it's something like small, then you can go for coffee or tea or a dessert place, you know, like some you can get something that's not big or grand like dinner. Uh, though dinners are nice, too, if you're if you're down to do it. Like, if you have yeah. the funds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are, I think that's all great advice. Yeah. So now we have a question from our listener, Michelle, who is one of those listeners that's recently sober. And she says, I can't even imagine going on a date, meeting someone new and not having a drink to feel less awkward. What do I say when he orders a drink and I don't? Do I say I'm sober? Wouldn't that scare him away? I haven't really found any good resources for help with sober dating. Almost everyone on Tinder wants to go out for drinks on the first date. I just can't deal would be cool to hear from you guys let's also read the last question because it kind of is related and that's from another anonymous listener and they say how can i normalize my new sobriety to myself also any tips for meeting people who would interest me so we've talked a lot about like first date ideas but just like ideas for meeting other sober people or people that are cool with sobriety yeah no those definitely go together i think again i think that if you if it is normalized in yourself then it will be normal for everyone else. So how to make that feel okay. Uh, For me, if I feel weird about not having a drink in my hand, I just get, and like, I don't want to be drinking water, then I would get a virgin drink, you know? Like, so if you got like a virgin mojito or (laughs) Shirley Temple or something, you know what I mean? I mean, so much of drinking is, I feel like, not knowing what to do with your hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I just it's need like, to hold something. If you have something in your hand and you get to sip it and Larry get to sip it and you whatever. Like The hands thing is so true, Angela. That is so spot on. Yeah, it's really like it It allows for the social behaviors or manner, mannerisms, you know, that engage somebody else. And you both have something in your hand so you both don't feel awkward. You know, get something to drink. Just don't get alcohol. That's totally fine. Uh, yeah. Wait, were you going to say something? Well, I would also make a suggestion. I think that there shouldn't be any problem with telling people that you're sober and that you don't want to drink. But if you're not ready to do that yet, I find for myself when I'm just having a night where I don't want to drink, I, I, I wish I didn't have to make excuses, but I do find that sometimes it's helpful to just not get people to try to like pressure me, but I'll say something like, oh, I had a crazy night last night. So like not drinking tonight, or I got to wake up really early in the morning, even if I don't have to wake up till 11 or I like, oh, I don't know. I had a headache earlier today. So like, I really just want a ginger ale or, oh, I my stomach kind of hurts. So I kind of just want, I just kind of just want like some water or ginger ale. And, and I find that like people kind of get off your back and if they are the type of person that's going to pressure you like i would really ask like why like why are you trying to why do you care that i'm drinking and like that'll that usually like kind of stumps people you know and they'll be like oh no i just like want you to have fun and i'd be like i'm having fun what's not fun is this conversation but like i'm having fun a lot of times i that's what i hear from people is i just want you to have fun it's like that's not i don't think that's true Right. Yeah. Like if you're just like, no, like I'm totally, I'm totally having fun. And like, excuse me, uh, in my history, especially, especially after college of not drinking, I will say that most people are totally cool with it. Most people really don't care. They, they may be a little bit curious. They may say something like, oh, why aren't you, why don't you drink? And if you don't want to say, you can just say, I just don't. Okay. I, I, I just don't. 
And then they go, oh, okay. And they usually, most people know that's like a verbal cue to like, hey, don't pry into this. Right. You know, people are continuing to ask you questions. Uh, yeah, like Laura said, you could just be like, like, hey, why is this so, I don't know, why is this so important to you? I feel like we could just have fun and, you know, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to drink this cranberry juice that I have here. <laughs> it's very tasty. I'm sure your drink is also tasty. Let's just keep have, like keep going with our night. Uh, there are other things we can talk about. Um, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, sorry, cool. Okay, yeah, you're right. All right. And then that's it. And then, then that's that. And usually after somebody knows that you don't drink, they never bring it. They never, it's rare that people are like, like, come on, you know. I, there was this one time where this, uh, where this person, uh, uh, and this happened after college, I'll say, like, they were pressuring me like they were basically kept asking me why i wasn't drinking why i wasn't drinking and like trying to get me to drink and i just kind of looked at them and i was like if you if peer pressure didn't work for me in high school <laughs> and college why would you think that would work now like what are you doing this is like <laughs> you know? a random guy like being did like they, come on do it did they like get on the offensive like were they like whoa 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 yeah yeah it was a she she was like she was like no i'm not peer. i'm not peer pressuring you i was like no that i mean you are i mean like you I'm are cool, i'm cool with it it's just <laughs> i'm like i said it's not affecting me i'm just calling you out a little bit like you are peer pressuring me you keep asking me to drink when i've already told you that i'm not and they're like they're like no you're right you're right i'm sorry i just i don't know i just thought it was weird and i was like it's not weird and they're like you're right you're right i'm weird <laughs> you know so i like, love that you're like, you're like you're like it's not weird. you're like and then they're like, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm weird. weird. I'm weird. And that's, you're like, yeah, you are weird. You normalized it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> she that's, was like, you're right. This is not weird. Yeah. Such a good word. I feel like peer pressure is such a trigger word. Nobody wants to be associated with peer pressuring others. So calling someone out in like a funny way, like you just did and saying, you're peer pressuring me. They're like, whoa, I am. Oh shit. I'm one of those people. We'll like pretty much shut them down pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I know. Cause I know. And the thing is like, uh, I know the middle of the country sometimes there aren't as many things to do in New York and it could be kind of boring. And so people drink because there's really not much else to do. But whatever they're doing while they're drinking, you, if you can engage in, you know, you can have fun. Even if it is like a, a drinking game like beer pong, you know, uh, which is I just find funny sometimes that like adults are playing it still, but the, whatever, that's another, that's another issue. That's fine. If you love, love beer pong, that's okay. You can like play it's a it. fun game of accuracy. <laughs> you can, you can play and, and, and just have somebody else drink for you, you know? And, and some guy would definitely be like, oh, I'll do it. Like, you know, for uh, sure. You, there just, there are so many things you can do. Basically, anything you can do drinking, anything you can do drinking, you can do not drinking alcohol. Because people that, that, is true. that if they all they want to do when they go out is drink, like I think you said this before, like they're boring people. Yeah, it's bo- it's kind of boring. It's just, you know, if that's all they want to do. If that's all you want to do is just get drunk. That's like, come on. What, what, what are we doing? Like, oh, right. So she asked where to meet people. Yes, tips for meeting people that would interest her. That would interest her. I mean, uh, yeah, like I think you guys were saying before about different activities, you know. Trampolines, dodgeball. Is that what that that would be where you're going to go go. to the trampoline dodgeball? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, we were saying, you know, we live in New York, but I think every town has a park or a museum. Like there's something, just go on the Google. 
a bowl, a bowling alley. The Yelp, yeah. a bowling alley. Yeah. yeah, and you can still again, you can still do dating apps. You can still go to if if it's okay with you, you can still go to a bar, uh, and just get a non-alcoholic beverage. You know, you can still go to parties where there where people are drinking and just not drink. I can't tell you how many times I've been at a party and like people thought I was drunk only because they were drinking and I was also having fun and they just assumed that I was drinking. Like most of the times people don't notice because they're dumb. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Shocker. You can have fun and not drink. Yeah. Just people just don't notice because it doesn't really matter. That's like the whole point is that it's a social condition that we've all been, uh, just brainwashed into thinking if you don't drink you're weird but it's not true don't believe the movies <laughs> can i say one other thing <laughs> about not drinking around. when you're married if you if sure. i if i go out and like don't want to drink without a doubt someone will ask if i'm pregnant it's like no i'm not right. and if i was i probably would have told you when i'm ready and i right. and i don't want to tell you anyways and i'm allowed to be a married human who doesn't drink tonight and like yeah. and like i have such a paranoia like like that like everybody is like looking at my stomach when i go out with girlfriends or people and i don't drink it's really annoying do you feel pressure to be uh to to lose your belly weight all the time all the time people are always focused in on your stomach i would hate that i bought this really cute like floral mumu (laughs) and i like it's really pretty and i wanted to wear it the other night with like a bunch of like a bunch of friends that i was going out with and i was like I probably shouldn't wear it because they're all just going to like ask or think I'm pregnant. And it's just so annoying. And, yeah. and like, but yeah, once you're once you're married, you, you get that. That's yeah. another that's another thing you deal with when you don't drink. Well, on the flip side, I like that as an excuse for our listeners or for you, Jonathan. If people ask you why you don't drink, just be like, oh, I'm pregnant. There that's you go. Hilarious. <laughs> I do want to try that. Yeah. Uh, Normalize <laughs> it. Normalize it for yourself. The more you go to events where people are drinking and you don't drink and you tell people that you're not drinking and it, the less weird it will be for you and the less weird it's for you the less weird it will be for other people until you get to a point where you're like me and somebody makes it a weird thing and you can very confidently be like oh you're weird right now and they're <laughs> like oh shoot i am weird on that note <laughs> or when in doubt say you're pregnant like angela said right. uh, on that <laughs> note it's time for our reason of the week Break down. Lots of very famous and talented people that you may not expect currently live very happy, sober lifestyles. They thrive. They're having fun. We're going to see if Jonathan can guess who they are in a game we call Peer Pong. Pong. Angela wrote that one. Very clever. All right, Angela, take it away. Okay, first celeb. Christina Ricci, is she sober or not sober? Oh. Christina Ricci. Uh, not sober. She is sober. Oh. I like that. She said, it was a choice I made because drinking wasn't good for my life. Yeah. Okay. Respect. Uh, <laughs> next up, Jada Pinkett Smith. Sober, not sober. I mean, she's a swinger, so <laughs> not sober. She is sober. That's because she's a Scientologist. That's oh, is just, she? 
Well, she is, uh, I mean, allegedly, but the, the real reason, or at least the reason she's saying is that she just hasn't drank since the 90s, but uh, I'm personally convinced it's because she's a Scientologist. Laura's outing her. I didn't yeah. know I didn't know that was a thing with Scientologists. Yeah. Uh, you'll find out later on. Yes. It might come up again. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, next celeb, Jackie Chan. Sober, not sober. Um, it's weird because I, I can see him not i could see him not drinking but he was in the legend of the drunken master so not sober correct he is not sober but if you google jackie and to that point if you google jackie chan sober people on message boards are like you know he was really drunk when he filmed drunken master (laughs) which is probably not true because that's dangerous yeah i doubt it's true but maybe it is who knows we'll never know uh lena dunham sober not sober Hmm. That would be weird if she was sober. I'm going to say not sober. Correct. She's not sober. She can have a glass of wine when she feels like it. Yeah. Uh, Lana Del Rey, sober, not sober. I have no idea. Sober? She is very good. She went to rehab and now she is sober. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Blake Lively, sober, not sober. Oh, uh, not sober. That was a delayed one. I had to Bring think on about that like Suspense. <laughs> suspense. I, I was doing like an American Idol suspense there with uh, where they make you wait till after the we commercial need, break. We need like the TikTok noise. Yeah. That would yeah. be great. Uh, she's sober. She says it's just something that I genuinely don't have a desire for. And trust me, Blake Lively is still getting invited to plenty of parties. Yes, I feel the same way. I just, I don't have a desire for it. Like, I, I, I want it. The only reason I ever wanted to drink was because other people were drinking, which is peer pressure. Yeah. But I never <laughs> want it. Like, I w- never looked at people who were drunk and went, I want to be that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just no desire. I mean, if you were at the HeadGum anniversary party, you would definitely never, ever want to try drinking because I vomited on Laura's rooftop projectile in front of a lot of head gum people exorcist style a lot of them might not drink now because of Uh what they witnessed it happened (laughs) um all right next celebrity michael b jordan sober or not sober uh sober he does give that vibe but no he's not sober i agree with you that he gives that vibe because he's just a very professional person like i don't picture him like wasted falling over at a party like i just picture him like he always has his shit together right yeah yeah exactly uh daniel radcliffe harry potter is harry potter sober is he not sober not sober he's sober what he says he gave up drinking a month after filming the final potter film which makes me very confused because he wasn't he a kid filming those was he like getting wasted when he was six i don't know he says that he started taking insane risks getting blackout drunk in public places. And basically, if I'm reading between the lines, he didn't want to turn into Shia LaBeouf. Wow. The rules are very different in England. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Uh, Okay, next. Leah Remini, sober or not sober? Um, Oh, wait. So, not... Wait. No, sober, because she's... (laughs) Close. It was, it was a trick. It was a trick. She used to be a Scientologist, but now she's not. So she's not sober. And she says it's the best thing about leaving Scientology. Uh, yes. Yes. That Gotta was go. good. That was a good trick. 
Uh, yeah, we pulled a fast one on you. Ed Sheeran, sober, not sober. Not sober. Yeah, I mean that that red-headed Irish. <laughs> not a stereotype. <laughs> no, he, no, it's the one stereotype. That's okay. He can he he likes to throw back some booze. He's from England, but his paternal grandparents we've we've researched are Irish. So uh, he he likes to drink. He drinks the Guinness. Probably. Probably. Maybe. We're very know. much there. <laughs> um, okay. Final round. Final celebrity. Leona Lewis. Sober or not sober? She's the keep bleeding. Keep yeah, bleeding. I always thought it was keep breathing when I first heard it. <laughs> Which is also important to do. Both <laughs> yeah, are better than bleeding. Per- that's to, true. If I'm being honest. Um, very true. Leona Lewis. Sober? Went out with a bang. Yes. Nice. Um, she has my favorite reason on this list. She just doesn't like the taste. <laughs> That's real. Good enough. That's uh, real. <laughs> guys, this was such a fun episode. Hopefully yeah. it answered all of the questions that our many, many listeners have have emailed us about when it comes to dating when you don't drink. We hope we have cleared up this week's reason. That is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Jonathan Braylock. You can follow him on Twitter at John, J-O-N, Braylock, and listen to the Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast on iTunes. Any other plugs we should tell people about? Um, nah. <laughs> I don't think so. You got a website. You can Google, got a website. You can Google listen, him. Check out his IMDb. Uh, and you can also, a little plug for us, check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audio book is on Audible. It sure is. Um, you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of our sponsors and the codes. Check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We're also on social. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Yes, we've also started to do some funny memes and jokes again, which took a little break, but now we're back. And we're still, of course, posting little videos with the guests that we have each week. We post little promos to tell you what we're going to talk about in this episode. If you're curious, wonder what our guests look like. What's the studio look like? I'm not sure if I want to listen to this episode. What are they going to be? What are they going to be doing? You can find all that on our Instagram page. If you want to follow uh, my personal, I'm at Laura Lane Rad on Instagram and just at Laura Lane on Twitter. And I am at Sparodactyl on Twitter and Instagram. That's my last name, but the dinosaur. Um, you can like and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. That would be great. That would help us out a lot. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a HeadGum Podcast.